just four more games are guaranteed to all the teams. Which teams want more? Only a month left. It's time to put up or shut up on the push-off. everybody welcome to a new episode of the push off podcast it's your favorite weekly nfl show that discusses everything that happened last week well it gets you ready for the next for the future i'm your host scott ogan and joining us as always it's dan undefeated at home against the fucking eagles right yeah dan i have a feeling i mean in a week where we are both winners and who knows how many more of these we'll have left this season we're gonna enjoy it uh one of us, specifically you, will be taking uh, the uh, the victory lap as it is, and I'll refer to it in, in a few ways here this week. So congrats, Dan. Well, we both had a W. Amen. You know, both had a W. We'll talk about it a little bit, but a W is a W at the end of the season. It's, it's how many of those you stack. <laughs> it's not the quality of it. You know, it's not uh, it's not a division win against a rival at home. That counts the same as a, a division win against the fucking Cardinals, which we didn't do. <laughs> or a conference win against the Cardinals. We didn't do that shit, and that's going to bite us in the ass. So, but um, as a fan, oh, it's there's so good. W- there's wins and there's wins. It's yeah. so good. There is nothing better. There is nothing better than beating the Eagles. I would say, you know, I always talk about. I would rather lose a blowout than lose a close game, just because it's like a heartbreaker. Okay, you know what I mean. Yeah. The exception yeah. being against the fucking Eagles. Against mm. the Eagles, you do not want to get blown out because then there's just that fucking chest puffing you have to deal with from your division rival fans and this week my chest been four times i i'm the grinch my (laughs) chest has grown four sizes this week yeah it is it is tremendous and i've been looking for philly fans just so i can (laughs) show them and it's hard to find them these days. It, it, it was like the fucking, you know, lights turned on and, uh, you know, the cockroaches scattered. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Uh, congrats. Congrats again. Um, we'll get we'll get to all of that and you'll relive it over and over again. That's why we get to do this podcast on the good weeks just as we do the bad. Um, let's hit up the news here as we before we hit into the games. Um, one of the other things you love, Dan, is getting into the uh, – um, college uh, prospects and Mm -hmm. now the college is over there's a lot of guys that are uh declaring and so we're going to get that list started here soon i'm sure of the next uh the next crap of of uh talented uh athletes that are going to be entering the nfl um officially declared drake may declared and one of the big offensive linemen i heard declared from out of notre dame uh yeah uh joe alt Alt. Um, we have our Heisman winner, though. Is he going to be coming? Jaden Daniels I mean, is a senior. Senior, okay. Because yeah, I was going to say Heisman sometime had a run at like liking the younger guys for a bit there. But LSU's QB, Jaden Daniels. So taken after Joe uh, Cool, Joe Burrow there himself as the next LSU QB Heisman winner. I will say this for those of you 
who listen to the podcast, we're a good scouting podcast. I will say that above all else. I think we do scouting better than maybe any other podcast out there. I don't know if Caleb Williams is the number one overall pick. Mm -hmm. I do not know. I think Jaden Daniels is going to have something to say about that when all is said and done. Interesting. Because the Heisman, when you're a quarterback, the past 15 years, if you're a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, that's a good sign. You know? Baker Mayfield. uh, Fucking, you know. Uh, Joe Burrow, our boy Joe Burrow. Like these are these are guys that are probably going to wind up being Heisman winners. Heisman winners that turn into number one overall picks. Jaden Daniels would not shock me to be the top of the draft board when all is said and done. Um, and it's early. So a lot of us have to look at this tape and stuff, and um, we haven't followed the uh, college football as closely because we've got all of this NFL to follow oh, yeah. uh, throughout the year, so it's tough. Um, we have our uh, 2027 Super Bowl. They decided that Ooh. this week. So to catch us up, obviously this year is going to be in Paradise or Las Vegas there, Paradise, uh, Nevada, Allegiant Stadium. Uh, after that, we go back to the Superdome in New Orleans, which has to be, I think, holding probably the record now. It's got to oh, be close, most, if yeah. not. Yeah, the most Super Bowls. Then 2026 is Santa Clara at Levi Stadium. Sport. And then 2027, that's the one they just decided, back to SoFi. L.A. gets the stadium, the Super Bowl after that. So, obviously. When they the, built that the stadium, U- they're like, we're going to need two in, like, six years. Like, we're, we're going to need to. yeah. Yeah, we got to do something, man. We got to build this fan base. It was unanimously voted in. The last one was a home Super Bowl for the Rams. I won it, so they'll Crazy. be back there in uh, three, four years. So, yeah, there it goes. Uh, next year, there will be a game in San Paulo, Brazil. Yes, mm. we're going to Brazil, NFL, um, as they continue their takeover of the world. This is uh, Corinthians Arena in San Paulo, Brazil. Yeah, I hope you guys are strapped up because uh, everybody in Brazil is a, a, a booty model and uh-huh. also an undercover cop. So you got to be careful. You know, <laughs> don't be going around there sexually harassing women because uh, they're strapped up. They'll shoot you in the face. Wow. So, you know, listen, we're not going to have any sexual harassment issues down in Brazil unless a guy gets gatted. So that's just yeah. the way that's going to go. You know, they yeah. regulate down there in Brazil. They speak Portuguese. People forget that. Let's try to speak Spanish to them. You get gatted. It's the wow. way it goes. Scary. All right. Yeah, the whole right. place is, is like, uh, you know, uh, what is it, Children of God? City of God? Yeah, City of yeah. God. Oof, still, brutal scenes in there. Oof. That's what I think of when you th- when I think of Brazil. Brazil. A small child it. being held at gunpoint. <laughs> it's like, is it going to be you? Is it going to be your friend? And I, I hope that's what happens to Jalen Hurts. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right, continuing on. Continuing on in the news uh, section here before we hit the games. Uh, oh, Al Michaels will not be on any playoff games this year. Uh, came out that it was a surprise to Al Michaels himself. I'm not hearing this as like a firing in any way. I think the guy will be back next year if he wants to be, but they are telling him to take a seat uh, for the playoffs. Al Michaels has been in his uh, not-giving-a-shit phase uh, right. this year. Yep. I don't know if I ever told you this story, but um, I was a good boat tour guide. And uh, I was really good. I, I will say that I was. I liked it. I liked the job. We used to do we these fireworks the, tours. Okay. And uh, when we do the fireworks tours, um, for some reason, I just had a fucking attitude one night. Fireworks tours are really expensive boat rides, and I said, "Hey, for those of you that ever make fun of your dogs when you jingle keys at their face, 
and you laugh at him how stupid that is. I just want to point out that all of you paid about 60 bucks a person so that we would bring you closer to the bright, shiny, loud noise. <laughs> Did not go over well. Uh-oh. Not a good joke. And I didn't give a shit. And I got back to the dock, and they're like, hey, you're off fireworks tours for a little while. <laughs> I, they didn't fire me. They're like, hey, we're going we're gonna to sit you on fireworks tours, just to think about it a little bit. <laughs> the next couple fireworks tours are great. I hope the same thing happens to Al Michaels, or he's like, hey, I'm done with this shit. I don't need to do playoff yeah. football. You don't need me. You know, I don't need to work with fucking Kirk Herbstreet every night. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'll, I'll go do something else. I'm going to go golf for the rest of my life. So. Al Michael's uh, been that, off his shit this year, so I like it. He has, and I think if you to listen, if you you'd ask most fans, they'd agree with you there. And I think Curve Herb Street has been great as oh, a great. number two yeah. in there, and that's and he's fit in with Al great. And Al Michaels has that voice that it it's nostalgia into our ears. We hear it and it kicks in, and I remember all the great calls. But yes, he it just feels like. It's past him. Like, he just doesn't know what he's doing or doesn't really care what he's saying out there well, kind of thing. I think he got to that point where he's like, I'm so competent at this that, like, I'm just not going to show you the theatricality. Like, I'm going to yeah. show you the real shit. Like, because he's witty. Like, he's actually fucking smart. I, I think this has been his funniest year as a broadcaster, but he is not towing the company line by any stretch of the imagination. And that becomes a liability when you're on NB yeah. fucking C, dude. Like, we can say whatever we want because, uh, you know, there's nine of you out there listening. And uh, <laughs> we, don't have any, we don't have any major sponsorships. Al Michaels has a responsibility to NBC, to, you know, yeah, to GE. That's a good point. You know, it's massive. Yeah, and they want, they want him to get excited when these things happen. And if he's not showing enough excitement, they'll they'll get somebody else that he yells. And, and those are the... the, the um, the the clips you know the the things that that get uh, the hits the next section over on the uh the next day and stuff on those little bits so when you get out michaels that you know you only get a little bit from the the highlight yeah when the other guys are screaming and stuff i think that that works a little bit better and you get a little bit more from that and, and you got to remember they did this to al michaels last year when they're like hey mike tarico is going to take over full time sunday yeah. night football you know, this was Al and Chris for a long time. And then they're like, we got to have a plan in place. We're going to put Mike Tirico in. Tirico's been fine. You know, he's not better than Al Michaels, but he's been fine. And then they move Al Michaels to Thursday Night Football. He doesn't want to be on Thursday Night Football. Yeah. And, you know, this is it would have been better, I think, if Al Michaels had just stepped away, honestly, because now it feels like he's just getting slowly, slowly pushed out. Like, it's logical for NBC to just go Collinsworth and Tirico from here on in. It would have been mm-hmm. nice to get Al Michaels, you know, just for one of those games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I guess, yeah, he's one of the last of the uh, the guys that we grew up with, still still doing it, so he's been on there forever. Okay, let's get you caught up for the week, you guys. Bye weeks are done. Bye weeks are done. And just to kind of let you, to lay the groundwork of where we're at right now here in the NFL, the NFC has five teams currently sitting at six and seven. And that currently is also good enough for the playoffs. Six and seven. The AFC has six teams currently sitting at seven and six, which is good enough for the playoffs on that side. That's talking six teams there. We got the Panthers and the Patriots are currently the only two teams that have been eliminated from the playoffs. The 49ers are the only team that has clinched. They just did that this week. 
This week, the Cardinals, Commanders, and Jets can all be eliminated in scenarios. The Eagles, the Ravens, the Lions, and your Cowboys, Dan, can clinch. All that can happen week 15, but let's uh, let's let's cover what happened week 14. Let's and then we'll uh, give you our uh, little Nostradamus look into where we think this is going to be in week 15. Okay, there we go. I love it. Uh, well, game of the week. Uh, you called it out, Dan, when we were watching it live. It kind of needed to be it this week. It was a great one in the muck, in the rain, and in Baltimore. The Ravens win it in overtime, 37-31. The Rams gave it their all. Stafford threw three touchdowns. Kyron Williams, when he gets the ball, is electric. I mm-hmm. love watching that guy. He's He just gets yards and bounces off people. He's nuts. Cooper Cup with a, another good game. And then uh, Havrasek, guy saw his job getting taken away by the old uh, uh, kicker from Green Bay there. Mason Crosby. Uh, thank you. Mason Crosby got hired on middle of the week because they're like, we're, we're going to go to playoffs. We need a, a competent kicker. And Havrasek goes, I'll give you three for three this game. Didn't yeah. miss one. Hit some deep ones too. So uh, Rams had a great game. Um Puka Nakua didn't have the the stats, but he had an amazing catch. God, and that thing you, was crazy. You he, he doesn't a, wear gloves. No, I, well, I think it was just because of the rain. Okay, you know, this it was just because of the rain. So Nakua that had that amazing catch, that amazing yeah. catch. But it really, honestly, was a wash for him because I want to say the drive earlier, Stafford hit him with like a solid twenty yard in, and he just turned his eyes up field right before he caught it. Total oh, fucking bonehead yeah. Yeah. rookie move. But uh, yeah, that that catch completely redeemed him that thing was fucking amazing it's tremendous um but ravens won this game because jackson had over 300 yards three touchdowns tucker threw, kicked three through himself uh the rams had a three-point lead at the half they had the uh lead 28 to 23 with under five minutes left in this game and then things got even more fun uh third and 17 ravens get a touchdown on that play Two-point conversion, so they take that three-point lead, leaving a minute 16 on the clock. Thought it was over then. No, we're going to go to regulation. Both teams go three and out at the end of regulation, so both of them had the ball. And then the Wallace punt return, walk-off. Walk-off punt returns, first of all. Exciting as hell. Secondly, he's not even supposed to be the punt returner that day. (laughs) Devin Duvernay is usually their punt returner, and he was injured, so... Woo, fun, fun Somebody's game. Somebody's getting Wally pipped, man. That was fucking amazing. That was a great display of balance on that final run back. It was just, because mm-hmm. I'm sitting there, I'm like, we might get 10 minutes of overtime here. You know, that, yeah. as I'm looking at it, I'm like, these offenses, and it was weird, the offenses seemed tired. Oh, like, yeah. Near it's the end of the game, game, the offenses seemed gassed because they were just, like, trying to push through the mud and the muck, as you were saying, like, trying to push through wet ground. Must have been exhausting. And, uh... Yeah, just watching that punt return, it, I love a walk-off. You know, it's so infrequent yes. to really get a true walk-off TD. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I would say games like this for Baltimore, we always talk about how Baltimore kind of plays to its competition. Mm-hmm. The Rams, pretty good competition, you know? You All could of a say, sudden, yeah. Yeah, you could say that a 6-7 and seven team, or at the time a 6-6 six and six team, has no real reason to be hanging tough with a, at the time, 9-3 and three team. But... I always forget how well coached the Rams are. They are mm-hmm. prepared. They are stacked. They've got guys like Kyron Williams that just step up. You know, we, we, Cam Akers is currently a Viking. 
The reason yeah. for that is because he just ran out of, uh, you know, rope in L.A. And they're like, we got Kyron Williams. We can move on from you. And I, yeah. I can't say that it's been a bad decision on their part. It's, you know, it's been tremendous. Kyron Williams is turning into one of the more exciting young backs in the NFL. Every time they gave him the ball in this game, he was getting five something yards, and it was it was kind of really impressive. And in a game where I realized I needed a Ravens win, where we Vikings were in this situation here in yep. the NFC, it got yeah, it got worrisome. But uh, oh, and I was I think playing against Cameron Williams in fantasy too. So yeah, it was oh, like yeah. double. Like Jesus, this guy's good. Um, no, of the the Rams now are one of those five, six, and seven teams in the NFC. But look at them, Rams, Packers, Buccaneers, Falcons, Saints. They're the most scariest probably at this point. I mean, and maybe it's because they were one of the few ones that were in the game here for the – well, Buccaneers won it. But, yeah, I mean, I they're one that really does scare me because they have a lot of offensive weapons. Mm-hmm. I, I do think the defense has some questions. They can give up some points. But a lot of times here, like the game against the Browns and stuff like that, they, they just kind of turned it on in the end two weeks ago. So – the Rams, if they get in, could be a problem for some people. They're a veteran team with an explosive passing attack. You yeah. know, we talk about a puncher's chance. That gives you a puncher's chance. You know, if Stafford decides to go crazy and just throw this ball all over the field, that Puka Nakua throw, I don't know how many quarterbacks can actually make that throw, to be honest yeah. with you. Like, it's a great catch. I don't know who throws that fucking ball. It was basically into triple coverage. Matt Stafford, not allergic to throwing into triple coverage. Used to do it a lot in Detroit, um, not as successfully. Yeah. But I, I look at I look at teams like the Rams, and yes, I would not want to play the Rams in the first round at my house and let them get going, let Nakua, let Cup get rolling, get Kyron Williams, you know, 20 touches a game. That's, that's a scary Rams offense all of a sudden. Yep, something we got to look out for here at the end of the year. Uh, the Ravens, on the other hand, maybe the best team in the uh, AFC. They got an argument for it. Uh, they'll they should be a team that makes a race here, given what we've seen from some other teams here in the in the top of the uh, the league here, especially this week. I mean, you got to be feeling good if you're the Baltimore Ravens. Oh yeah, and I would say. The Ravens control their destiny, or they control their destination. We talk about this a lot. They control their destination moving forward. Yeah. But um, I think they they got helped out a lot this weekend with the Dolphins, with the Chiefs, giving them a little bit more of a buffer uh, going in there. But you have to worry a little bit about these Ravens moving forward. If they can't get their running game, like Keaton Mitchell, is it Gus Edwards? Is it just going to be more Lamar Jackson? Because... Uh, there is no team that is more fundamentally different without one player than maybe the Ravens without Lamar Jackson. So as long as he stays healthy, you've yeah. got a puncher's chance every time. Yeah, and yeah, gosh, it, injuries is going to be the big old key here when you get to playoffs. All right, so the Washington Commanders coming off the bye week. We can talk about them going to L.A. We're heading into week 15 now, Yeah, uh, picking the game. So Commanders at Rams is the game uh, for week 15, the first one we'll pick this week. I'm still picking first, but just barely. Dan had a good mm-hmm. week. He's catching up on me here. Um, we did both pick the Ravens to win that one, but I didn't think, True. I don't think we thought the Rams were going to be that tight. Nope. Um, I will take the Rams at home, though, here against this commander's team that, let's face it, even coming off a of bye is uh, at the bottom looking at uh, new coaches for next year. I'll do the same. I think it's going to be – I don't think it's going to be 
a blowout, honestly. Um, with two weeks to prepare, hopefully this Washington team comes out. It is not a great uh, Rams defense, as you talked right. about. If you can Sam get two Hell, guys, over three guys on, probably, yeah, yeah, two or three guys on Aaron Donald, you you got the rest of the <laughs> rest of the defense to kind of pick apart. So yeah, I don't think Washington's going to get embarrassed, but I'm, I'm definitely picking the Rams, uh, who are hot. They don't control their own destiny, though. Or, uh, right. They don't control their own destination either because they've got Commanders, Saints, Giants, and San Fran. So oh, okay. that's yeah. a pretty tough haul. They but lost they have to no the Packers one, already. Yeah. Yeah. They have no one ahead of them. Uh, if everybody else ahead of them wins out, they can't do anything. So just outside mm-hmm. looking in. Okay. All right. We'll keep an eye on the Rams. Um, continuing on, here's one of the reasons why Dan is catching up with me in picks. He took the Browns to beat the Jaguars, and they did. 31 to 27. I I held it out there in the hopes of like, well, if Trevor Lawrence plays, if he starts, man, I got to go with him and he yeah. did. And and to the credit, he didn't have a great game, but it didn't look like a high ankle sprain was hindering this guy. Maybe he just wasn't moving as great and didn't have the push off cuz he did throw three touchdowns, but he equaled that with interceptions. So careless with this ball. Um Ingram two two touchdowns of those and then on the other side mighty joe flacco my guy uh, joe flacco in a cleveland's brown uniform throwing for over 300 yards and three touchdowns uh, i didn't think i'd see it but here we are uh two to Najoku. um and then on the other side emerson jr had two interceptions grant delpit got himself a nice extension but he is going to miss some time as he got a groin injury probably won't be back until playoffs if if they're, they're talking about grant four delpit. weeks for him you know this uh, not only him, yeah, you were the Grant Delpit on that side. Not only him, but they lost uh, Agbo Okoronkwo. I can't remember his name. And Dewan Jones, who was a guy that we discussed uh, last year in our. Pre- he was a rookie, the right You're tackle. Talking about Ogbonaya Okoronwo? Thank you. Uh, and Dewan Jones, the right tackle. He's done for the year. So the, the Bron- Browns still losing players left and right. But you know what? They keep winning games. Dewan Jones was our was my favorite tackle uh, yeah. coming into this year. I love I love <laughs> Dewan Jones, and he has absolutely earned his spot in the NFL. Um, he has been one of the bright spots on that offensive line moving forward. Just a truly massive fucking individual. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's been great this year. Looks great moving forward. You know, you got Jedrick Wills, you got Dewan Jones, you got real, real strong, powerful, nimble bookends. That's a, a good situation for them to be in next year. I don't know how much longer the Browns hold on to this because they have, I don't know, as a team that suffered the most attrition uh, in their division, and I'm talking about a division that lost Joe Burrow. Um, yeah. These Browns are getting beat up, man. It's it's cool to see Flacco still around. Joe Flacco is older than I am, and I can't move for shit. You know, <laughs> like I, I feel it. Like once I hit about 32, 33, I was like, oh, this is what they're talking about. And Joe Flacco is a full 38 fucking years old. He will turn 39 if they make it into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, he's a statue back there. But you know what? The arm has not fallen off. Jugs machine. Yeah, yeah. He can still throw it as good as he was in Baltimore. And uh, now he's in division. And if he ends up playing these Ravens uh, in the playoffs or something, man, that's going to be wild. So uh, that's something I'm interested in seeing. I... I did not believe that he would do this when they were talking, you know, I signed Joe Flacco like right after that game a few weeks back and then throwing him in there. I thought this is over for the Browns, but 
two weeks now. He's really come out firing. Um, I know he didn't. Well, anyways, he's just looked really good in the in the, yeah. the starts he's come in for. Um, and the Browns have a great chance with their remaining four games. You know, yeah. well, we'll talk about it, but like they're they've can win two of these. They could be a ten win team, and I think that gets you into the playoffs. Yeah, we're uh, we have to start those with these Jaguars. Um, this was a slip, and of course, if the injury lingers for uh, Lawrence and he plays like that, then it's going to be a problem. Um, they are going to get challenged this week Sunday Night Football. The Ravens are coming to town. They're coming to Duval. But after that, it's Buccaneers, then it's Panthers, and then it's Titans. So the Jaguars, if you can survive this, I think you're in a good good place if you're healthy. So just well, stay I, stay healthy. Don't rule out those Titans week 18. They might just headbutt somebody in the dick. Uh, they, <laughs> yeah. They're giant killers this week. So Yeah. Yeah, it's a um, tough haul, though. But I don't think the Jaguars have a right spot here this week. Even at home, I'm taking these Ravens who, like I said, been very impressed with them all year round. They have, like I said, they're ten and three. They have ten wins in that AFC North. That's nuts this year. So I'm taking the Ravens. I got to go Ravens as well. I have not been impressed with the Jaguars, as you know. Um, I feel like they've slipped a lot. I feel like we're regressing to the mean a little bit here with Trevor Lawrence, who has never really impressed me. So uh, this would be a huge win for the Jaguars, yeah. a tremendous win. It would give them a little bit more space in the AFC South, which they might not even win. There's a chance the Jaguars could fall out of the playoffs. You know, they've got a <laughs> they've got the Colts, they've got the Texans, and the Titans aren't fully eliminated yet. They're not going to make the playoffs, but there's a chance these Jaguars could miss out because of how tough their division is. Yeah, yeah. The Jaguars with that stumble there got lucky this week because everybody else did in that division. But oh, yeah. you're right. You're right. It's only a game difference. All right. Let's spend some time in the NFC. Let's give the our, our fellow div, uh, conference some love. Uh, NFC North where the Bears beat the Lions is where we'll begin. Did not pick it, you guys. Did not see uh, the upset in the midway. Um, the Lions lose 13-28. to um, the Bears got the best of them this time. They're no comeback. Um, Goff, a touchdown, but two interceptions. He had a rough game. Fields, they they played to his uh, uh, strengths here. Some designed runs and rollouts. He got a touchdown and ran one in. Uh, DJ Moore with two touchdowns, one of them on that broken play where the guy jumps off sides. Uh, Santos kicked three for three field goals. And Lions had a lead, 13-10 to 10 at the half. Bears take a lead uh, in the fourth quarter and don't relinquish it. So Chicago gets the win, and the Lions can get a little, you know, get their fans a little bit more worried that this thing, this polish is, is running off too early. I don't think the Bears could come back when behind. I just don't think it's possible. The Bears, you know, they're yeah. oh yeah, they're just such a run heavy team. And I give Fields some credit, but you know once again, looked about as good as you can expect from Justin Fields at this point in the season. I don't know. We've talked about this a lot. I don't know if you move on from a guy like Justin Fields after games like this if he starts making progress in the late end of the season. If Jared Goff keeps putting together games like this, though, then you got to have a conversation about, hey, maybe our our team's pretty stacked. Maybe the quarterback is a problem here because Jared Goff has put together a couple stinkers consecutively now. Yeah, you yeah you put weapons around this year, David Montgomery or the 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 running backs in total. I'm sure Jameson Williams missed half the year, but you, the weapons are here now. So if Goff is not going to be the guy, or if it's a quick 
exit uh, from playoffs because I still think the Lions are in that spot where, based on their schedule and what's happened in the NFC, there's there's four of you guys up there, and then there's the rest of us that are clawing for uh, a, an extra game or two in here. The Lions still need to successfully win some of these games. I think in the postseason, if it's if it's a one and done. Yeah, then then they're gonna have a push for some shakeup because these windows for success get smaller and smaller in the NFL. So you're right, Goff would be the guy, one of the first ones they look to replace. Well, that in the defense, and you're not gonna see Dan Campbell go anywhere. You know, no, barring no, no. barring catastrophic collapse in which Dan Campbell actually eats a human being's kneecaps, <laughs> I think he'll be fine. But yeah. Jared Goff, you have to think contract too. Jared Goff's gonna be 30 years old going into the last year of his contract. It is a $31 million cap hit. You know what his dead cap is? Mm. $5 million. Oh, yeah, there it is. So yeah, you could that's... free up about $26 million moving on from a guy like Jared Goff and get yourself a Kirk Cousins type. Sure, you know, somebody wants to, to come in the there, be a hero for the Detroit people. Sure. Shit, Joe Flacco. a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people that want to do that. Um, you're right, though, and the Bears, on the other hand, who knows what they're doing? They're they're playing with some house money. Uh, oh, yeah. You can do this and win these games against some division rivals because the Panthers ain't winning anything, and that that pick is sitting there in your uh, in your bank. So who cares? Uh, to be the Bears here at what four and whatever, and also still be uh, just a few games out of the NFC playoff race. Five and eight is so silly. Yeah, so there you go. Five and eight. Which means you are two games, two games out, uh, Chicago Bears. And you're also uh, fifth overall pick in the draft, I think, somewhere like that. So <laughs> Fifth overall fair, pick in the draft, number one from the Panthers. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, this has been a weird week of balance, you know, yeah. where it's like, like, yeah, this is a parody league, man. This is a league that no one really runs away with it. And the, the Bears are a great example of that. Uh, I think the Lions do have a chance to answer some doubters this week we'll talk about that the lions need to win a couple of these games moving forward otherwise they're going in maybe what 10 and 7 and that's kind of a no offense paper tiger you know it's uh it's a different animal entirely but you know if if the lions go in at 10 and 7 i don't know anybody that's afraid of them you know because that means you you basically won one of your last four after losing to a division rival in the bears that's a tough. Uh, that's a tough get for Detroit. You you lose a lot of steam, a lot of momentum if they can't have a good showing here in the next four. Yeah, yeah, and defense becomes very much more important come come defense come, or come uh, postseason and outdoor games, things like that. Oh, they yeah. might need it. All right, but we're going to talk the Bears, who are going to an outdoor game themselves, back into the elements in Cleveland. It is Chicago at Cleveland Browns on Sunday. This game is kicking off at noon. I I'm gonna take. I mean, I have no worries now. Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Led Browns. Um, I think they can take care of the Bears because that defense is strong enough, and uh, the offense can put enough points on the board. So I'm taking Cleveland at home. I'm gonna surprise you here. Okay, you got. I'm actually gonna take the Chicago Bears to beat these Cleveland Browns. Do you have a reason for this? Are you just trying to surprise me? <laughs> so I I have seen over the past couple weeks, if they get, if they get a lead, which is very possible, if Justin Fields is on his shit, Justin Fields very big in Ohio. People love him out there. Um, 
if That's he's true. feeling if he's feeling his shit and he's feeling pretty good about himself, you might be able to get a small lead. At that point, the Bears defense is built to pin their ears back and go after an immobile guy like Joe Flacco. You know, Joe Flacco against the Bears defense is actually kind of a disadvantage for a guy like Joe Flacco. Now he might shut me up and, you know, throw for 400 yards like <laughs> a jugs machine with good protection, but losing Dewan Jones, losing offensive linemen, losing protection, going up against a Bears defense that suddenly can get pressure and has a pretty yeah. active secondary, I think this is a bad matchup for the Browns. I'm going to take the Bears. Well, Montez Sweat, since he's joined, has really played very well. That that mm-hmm. trade's worked out uh, very well for the Bears, but... um. Yeah, so I can see how that that might happen. We'll see. But you are definitely picking an upset, my man. You're definitely mm-hmm. picking an upset. We'll see. I, I think right. this is an Eberflus job keeper. I think that's what happens. Yeah. His, uh, if you look at Eberflus here in these press conferences stuff like that, his hair is looking more and more like Mike Ditka. He starts growing out a mustache. He's figured it out, everybody. He's figured it out. Wearing a sweater um, vest. Yeah, yeah. It just starts the big sunglasses with the fade down. He's always um, got dip. He's always chewing. Just <laughs> chewing, yeah. What do I know? What do you care? All right, let's talk like let's talk about here. Whatever. <laughs> the big 49ers win. Uh they crushed the, the Seahawks 28 to 16. They uh got in their their heads too. Uh, <clears throat> now unfortunately, the Seahawks weren't at their full power. Um Geno Smith wasn't able to play. It was a Drew Locke game. Locke through did throw two touchdowns. A couple of Things looked good, but he did have two interceptions. Brock Purdy, 368 in this one, two touchdowns. So Brock Purdy with all of the uh, the weapons around him, McCaffrey, Samuel, and Ayuk, yeah, he can do pretty well for you. 10-14 uh, at the half of the 49ers. Uh, they took care of business in the second half. And like I said at the top of the show, they are the first team to clinch the playoffs this year. They are so unbelievably stacked, this 49ers team. A guy like Brock Purdy, I know recently Cam Newton says, you know, Brock Purdy's a game manager. You could say that, but there are a couple throws he will make a game that are dazzlers. You know, he has really good pocket awareness, which I think people sleep on. Yeah. Um, how important pocket awareness is, especially in the modern NFL. That guy always seems to be able to sense pressure, has a great sense for it. Decent arm, decent wiggle. A guy like Brock Purdy is like kind of the perfect Shanahan quarterback. You know, it's like what they always wanted Jimmy G to be, where it's like you can wiggle a little bit, you can be accurate with your throws, you got good anticipation, but he's got a good little bit of swagger to him. You know, he yeah. has inserted himself into the MVP conversation. I don't I think of all the MVP uh candidates, he deserves it the least because he's the most surrounded by talent. But sure. uh, you know, you can't say that he's had anything other than a stellar season so far. Right. And I want to see him finish it healthy. Uh, the one oh, last yeah. year felt felt like it was unfortunate because that was the Cinderella, you know, story. He was the rookie last year and the uh, you know Mister Irrelevant, et cetera, coming in there, not supposed to be the guy. And what are the Niners going to do? Everybody's hurt, and 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 he was the best, the best one out of it. And they stuck with him, and it actually is working if you look at you know garoppolo and everybody else you know that left off this was the correct choice so here we are it's set up everyone's healthy you kind of hope that it stays that way but if it does i don't know anyone can stop these 49ers i really don't so here's the interesting thing the seahawks had a lead in this game yeah seahawks had a plan for this niners team defensively 
which I think is is actually really good for other teams to see because they've been so difficult uh, to get past. But we talk about this all the time. First half, it's all about scheme. Second half is all about talent. And that's when you can see the difference between the Seahawks and the 49ers. The 49ers are just absolutely fucking stacked. And the Seahawks, you know, it, Drew Locke it doesn't increase your chances of winning anything except for, you know, a, uh, a handicap lookalike contest. That's really all you're going to get <laughs> with a guy like Drew Locke. So, you know, it's... It's not a great situation for them to be in, and the Seahawks now coming up after two really bad losses. If they had beaten the Cowboys and then beaten the Niners, Ooh, regardless yeah. of their standing in the division, you got to say those. You know, at that point, they would be what eight and five, and yeah. the Niners would be nine and you know they'd be nine somebody to fight with. Yeah, and now that oh, yeah. instead they're they're showing that that they can't compete with any of the big wigs in the NFC. Yeah. Unfortunately. They've now become an also-ran, which is a yes. bummer because they've been really entertaining all season. But a guy like DK might just go nuts again and, you know, once again, puncher's chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the 49ers go on the road to Arizona for a late afternoon kickoff. Uh, they play twice a year. It's a divisional game. But can the Cardinals upset these 49ers? Can they Can they come in there now that the Niners have that, uh, that division or the uh, playoff spot? Uh, sewn up, you know, before they get anything else. Can the, can the Cardinals do some upsets, help out the Cowboys and the Eagles, etc.? I don't think so, Dan, do you? No, <laughs> no, I really don't. I, I yeah. Once again, it's a divisional game, could get wild, but I've I've already picked a nice little upset in the past, yes. in the past games. I'm yes, not about to did. throw the Cardinals in there to upset these murderous 49ers. So, yeah, I'm going to take the 49ers as well. Okay. And then one more game before the break. We're at it. The Eagles 13, the Cowboys 33. I didn't even pick this one. Dan did, and of course he would have, but oh, my God. Uh, Prescott the two touchdowns, but your kicker, Aubrey, getting a little tired of these Cowboys, just finding the next best kicker, uh, four for four in this one, and kicking them from very far away. 24 to six Cowboys at the half. They did not really let them in in the second half too much either so dan here's this victory left let it continue i'll say this we know how to find kickers man to that point yeah, dan bailey yeah. uh yeah even brett him. maher you know when he was hot we're like hey let's ride this fucking hot train and then when he was done we're like you're done get the fuck out we did a really <laughs> good job of rotating him out we did the same with dan bailey once he lost it um he re got he got it back for you which i was appreciative of when he was a vikings fan. for a little bit yeah, for a little bit. But this this Brandon Aubrey kid has been unbelievable. And it okay. seems like he doesn't give a fuck. I think that's an advantage for him. He's like he's like this isn't even my favorite sport. <laughs> he's like I'd rather be playing soccer. Yeah, fuck it. This is 60, 59. Who gives a shit? Um this score does not tell the true story of the game. We kicked the shit out of the Eagles. Mm-hmm. We kicked the shit out of him. If it wasn't for some weird, random fumble, you know, kind of a bonehead play by Dak, you got to protect the ball there. If it wasn't for that, this is a fucking drubbing. This is 33 or more points put up against nine offensive points. Zero offensive touchdowns by this Eagles team. That is a ferocious Dallas defense teamed with an absolutely complimentary Dallas offense that can run the ball, can throw it all over the fucking yard. We even got Michael Gallup a fucking touchdown. You know, <laughs> he hasn't he scored one all season, and he's got one, and he just goes, eh, fuck you, Eagles fans. It's so satisfying. I love it so much. And I, I did love what Nick Bosa said where he goes, I think the game plan's kind of out on how you can fuck with Jalen Hurts. Because mm. I think we put a game plan together. If you're watching film, I think we found a game plan for it. 
And I think the Cowboys were paying attention to it because they really did isolate a lot of those escape routes and running lanes. Yeah. And there's a there's one sack by Micah Parsons that almost seemed like it was an attempted contain sack, and he just drove Lane Johnson directly into his fucking lap. But at no point was he like, oh, let me get around to the edge. Let me, you know, create a, a lane for Jalen Hurts to step up and in. Hurts was watching the rush and not having a successful game. I loved it. No, from the, uh, from the start, you guys uh, scored on your first uh, drive, and then um, they could only answer field goals in the second half. You're right. It was just you could tell they were outmatched to the begin with, and I thought the Eagles were going to support that a little bit more. Did you see a lot of the same game plan then that the Niners gave them on that offensive side at least? That's what they did? I did, honestly. I thought um, we were very active. Uh, the one thing Dan Quinn does maybe better than anybody did this with the Legion of Boom. He did it when his defenses were good in Atlanta. It is get the fucking ball out. Get the sure. ball out every time. If that ball is exposed, get it out. You know, Jalen Hurts had almost 200 yards passing. A lot of that was garbage shit. Like, a lot of that was garbage at the end of the game. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, they actually only scored six offensive points. Right, My offensively, I did, yeah. I did the math wrong. I forgot it was 33 <laughs> to 13. This should have been 40 to 6. That's the honest truth of how much of a dismantling this was. And yes, I'm getting high on my own supply. I love this shit. You get a we chance. We might come you crashing get... back down to earth, but this was right. a home game. We absolutely protected our house. I've been saying for weeks, I want the Eagles again, man. I was not impressed when we played them the first time. I want the Eagles again. I would happily go back into Philadelphia. Um, I would happily go back into Philadelphia and fucking play these guys again in the opening round of the playoffs. I want it. I want it. I think and... we're ready. I think we're built for it. And there was a situation there. It might might end up being that you were saying too, like the way that the the schedules are are laying out here. Even with this win, the Eagles are in a better situation to get the division. It's that uh, it's that Cardinals loss, man. Uh, that's that's really going to wind up burning us at the end. If and it's we like went out, tie, tie, tie. Out, get, yeah, it's like we the fourth tiebreaker. It's a bummer, man. Yeah, we're on the fourth tiebreaker, which is like wins in common games. Wow. Um, yeah, it sucks. But, uh, you know, I the Eagles have not been playing sharp. That's two losses in a row. Who's to say they can't pick up another one? The Cowboys' yeah. schedule is really, really tough moving forward as well. Like, I would not be shocked to see the Cowboys drop one or two moving forward. But I also would not, you know me, I'm a delusional psychopath. I would not be surprised to see them also run the table. You know, if and it's if you weird. beat the Bills at home, the Dolphins at home, uh, I mean, the last two games against Detroit and Washington, and Washington are kind of afterthoughts at that point. Yeah, yeah. No, the Cowboys have dominated some really good teams, and then they've they've dropped a few ones, and and so you wonder, yeah, is there a consistency thing kind of going on there? The Eagles have certainly had some problems with some strong teams here of late. What continues with them is is the panic button ready to be hit? They're they're certainly still healthy. Uh, can every defense attack them like the front of the 49ers and the Cowboys had the last no. two weeks? No. Yeah, that's the worry, too. Uh, will they be attacked that way this week? Let's lead it into next week. The Eagles are playing Monday Night Football in Seattle, so they got to go cross-country here uh, to Seahawks, who have lost the last two against uh, the same two teams, right? Yeah, we're talking about these two teams have played the same, too, so their tape should look pretty uh, pretty cohesive as they head into this week. Eagles at Seahawks. Uh, since I am still picking first for the Monday Night Clash, I'm going to take the Eagles to get it right on the road. 
I think Geno Smith needed a week off. I think he absolutely did. I think it was good that he didn't have to face a really rowdy and he's 49ers back. Defense. Is he back for this one? I think Geno Smith is going to be back. I will put a caveat on this. Okay. I am going to take the Seahawks, of course, because I, you know, hate taking the fucking Eagles. But my caveat is this. If the entire roster of the Seattle Seahawks is murdered mysteriously, I'll take the Eagles. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. But I, if it's just <laughs> Drew Locke starting, you're still taking the Seahawks. I don't know. That's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> yeah, if Drew Locke is the starter, I also will take the Eagles. Okay, that's fair. They're saying, yeah, Drew Locke. Or if Geno starts and the rest of the team is murdered, I will take the Eagles. The the articles are if Geno's going to play or not currently, so I guess it's a questionable thing. So, all right, so you, we have a questionable one on this one. If, if it's a Drew Locke game, Dan's going to begrudgingly take those yeah. Eagles. I, well, hey, then, we're, I mean, listen, I'm playing to win this pick. Right? You know oh, this. Sure. You know when I start saying, hey, maybe I'll pick the Eagles. That yeah, I'm, that, I'm that he's in it. it. And we're a game off, so he's in it. All right, um, it's time to, time to get uh, serious on this one. So let's take our break. And when we come back, two minute no offense, the rest of the games from week 14 as that playoff uh, picture gets a little clearer for everybody. Thanks so much for joining us this week. It's a special one here at the Push Off. Something is not right with me. Something is not right with me. We return from the break. It's time for the quickest segment that ever existed in an NFL podcast. It is time for the two-minute no offense. Because no offense, maybe you only scored zero fucking points in the game. And not only did you get blown out, but maybe your opposing team only scored three fucking points in the game. (laughs) Uh, Making that game abysmal to fucking watch. So you go here in the two-minute no offense. It's a change of pace for you, right? These are usually Cowboys games. Hey, all's fair. All's fair in this uh, podcast uh, uh, schedule in life. That's right. I want to show that. So this is what happens. What we generally happened. put we put one of our teams when it's a W in the two minute no offense. This is what happens this year, unfortunately, right. in in completely different ways. Your teams dominate. <laughs> them and you get to enjoy that throughout. And mine, ha, huh, that. But yes, I've got I got four. So let's start that clock and let's get dubs a dub. Oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> We're talking about the Bengals crushing the Colts in this section, 34-14. to 14. Yes, we are, because Dan gets another little told-you-so on Jake Browning. Listen, we've been very pro-Browning on this podcast, and he's looking fucking accurate. You can still see the arm strength's not there, but man, big, big Jake Browning fan, man. This guy's making himself a lot of money. 
It feels like four or five years later, finally, like I, I told you so. Um, the Jets crushed the Texans 30-6 to six in this weird one. Uh, Zach Wilson came off the bench and threw for over 300 yards and two touchdowns. And then we got uh, um, C.J. Stroud with a concussion. Do you remember that, uh, that thing in Waterboy where they're like, hey, he said, you know, water sucks, Gatorade is better? Uh, I think they did that to Zach Wilson. They're like, hey, just imagine the Texans' defense are all MILFs and go fuck them. Because <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what he did. He had a great game. He had a great game when he, yeah, coming off that bench. Uh, the Saints beat the Panthers 28-6. to This is finally one I got on Dan this game this week. I was feeling real good about it at the front end, and then I remembered, I was like, oh, no, the Panthers are fucking terrible. They're just They're so bad. much worse than I thought. Yeah, the Saints uh, it could have beat them by even a bunch more, and oh, this yeah. is what that winning game was. And then finally, yes, the Vikings did win over the Raiders 3 to nothing, and Dan picked it. I did. Um, God, uh, I, I didn't watch a single fucking snap, I'm going to be honest. Because JJ, I was watching the game, I was like, can't wait yeah. to watch this thing on replay. Maybe it's a defensive struggle. It kind of wasn't. Yeah, no, bad offenses. JJ knocked out after his second catch in this game um, because Dobbs threw him a literal hospital ball across the middle. He goes to the hospital uh, to to make sure he was okay. Uh, Got hit so hard in the back. But it was a clean hit. Um, O'Connell on the other side looked awful. Um, Renfro had one good play, got him in field goal range in the third quarter, and then fumbles it. Like two plays later, um, Vikings defense, Raiders defense did play a very good game. Raiders defense had five sacks. Vikings defense kept them in this thing the whole way through. That that shutout was was a true true shutout on the defense side. And then um, finally, well, let's just wrap this up. The lowest indoor final ever, ever mm-hmm. in an indoor game. Uh, Sixteen punts. The teams went 11 for 34 on third downs, but they did go a total of three for three on fourth downs. So that's that. Don't ever let anybody tell you that this podcast is not a dichotomous adventure. <laughs> the Cowboys go ahead and have that game against the Seahawks where there's zero punts. Yeah. And then they're like, you got to make up for it. It's Scott's turn. Fucking 16 of them. Goof. And, you know, so they bench Dobbs. Uh, the pastronaut comes crashing down to earth. Here comes Nick Mullins, and to that fair, Nick Mullins had, a, you know, two drives, and one of them looked good and got the ball out yeah. a little bit quicker, and, and they got down the field enough for to kick a field goal. Here's the other thing: everybody's saying like, "Oh, the Vikings ruined a chance to go zero zero, and that would have been a cool thing to see." Sure, but on the other side. Vikings could have kicked a field goal late in that game to make it another 6 nothing game, which we saw just a few weeks ago. And instead, <laughs> the kicker did a pooch punt to keep it as a 3 nothing game. So you're welcome there. Huh? I get it. I mean, you're like, hey, what are we going to do? Let the offense score on us suddenly? They're going to yeah. fucking put things together? Kick right a, with it. I get a, it. a kickoff? I mean, who knows? All right. So anyways, that was the two-minute no offense, and I spent two more time on that Vikings win than needed. They are going Dubs to a dub. S- Dubs a dub, dubs a dub. They're going uh, to Cincinnati this week to play the Bengals. It is a Saturday game. That's right, since we said it, the college games are over. NFL takes over the full weekend. So uh, you now have a reason to sit in front of the TV all weekend long if you weren't watching college football anyways. Uh, But this kicks off Saturday. Vikings at Bengals at noon. Uh, I'm picking first 
And, um, yeah, I'm not going to change things around here. Listen, the Cincinnati Bengals are red hot. And with Jake Browning in, he's got all of the the players working to his uh, benefit. The Vikings do seem they're going to have J.J. back. Thankfully, he looks like he's bouncing back. He wants to play, I think, because Jamar Chase is in this game. And I have a feeling he'll have a little grudge to, to show him up a little bit. But Nick Mullins is still throwing him the ball. So I... This is not the quarterback matchup I thought we were going to see, but Browning looks like he's got the hotter hand right now, so I'm taking Bengals. I was originally conflicted, but uh, I I don't know what your Vikings are, man. I don't yeah. know what they are. I know the I know the Bengals are pesky as shit. I know they're a lot of fun to watch, and I know I'm a big Browning fan, so I am also going to ride my hot hand and uh, and go with Jake Browning, who is a former Viking and uh, yeah. probably looking for a little vengeance. Two seven and six teams, so we'll see what happens on Saturday. All right, uh, let's talk Bills Chiefs. We're getting to this one this late in the game, but yeah. hey, man, good game. Another one Dan picked twenty to seventeen. Got the Bills in this one on the road in Kansas City. Maybe Buffalo's finally got that Chiefs number here. The last few times they played, uh, but a wild one. Josh Allen um, did what he could. He got uh, James Cook the the. You know, Dalvin's brother, the, oh, the yeah. younger one involved. And then it was 14-7 Bills at the half. There We jump ahead to 17-all with 11.30 left. The Bills get down there and kick a 39-yard field goal with two minutes left to take a lead. And then we all have heard what happened at the end of this one. Mahomes um, uh, connects with Kelsey Pitches it back across the field to Kadarius Tony, who runs it into the end zone, but he, you know, was there because he lined up offsides. Um, and even though it was a super cool, super cool play done by some a future Hall of Famer there in uh, Travis Kelsey, fortunately, uh, Patrick, that is not enough to completely ignore a foul. So the uh, the Chiefs could not survive that. It was obvious that it was uh, bothering Mahomes from that point on. And they couldn't uh, get in range to, to tie this one up. And the Bills sneak out the win. Kadarius Tony is one of the dumbest motherfuckers that lives on the planet Earth. <laughs> this guy has been just absolute fucking bonehead. Like, the entire career he's had in the NFL, he was a, a first-round pick with the Giants, and the Giants gave him away for fucking peanuts. Yeah, yeah Because of that. what a piece of shit he was. He won a this, ring. <laughs> yeah, got, got a ring, got a ring with the Chiefs, and was a contributor for them. You know, Yeah, for that. Absolutely was a contributor. You can't say Kadarius Tony didn't help. But Kadarius Tony is too stupid to live. Um, <laughs> and people were, you know, there's too many people being like, well, he lined up offsides five times. Yeah, and they only got him once. It's yeah. like he kept breaking the rules. This was a horribly bad look for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Really bad look, especially, you know, this has been done to death. You're listening to this on Thursday. You've had four days of this. He's kind of rolled it back. He knows it was a bad look, too. True, true, true. You're allowed to make mistakes in the heat of the moment. I I talked to you about this. Dak once uh, got on the officials. You know, he had a bad game, and, like, the officials made good plays, but they threw a lot of flags on the Cowboys, and uh, he he thought he was getting booed, and they're like, oh, they were actually booing the refs, and he said, oh, good on them then. Yeah, and, I uh, that, yeah, and walked it back. He's like, you know what? That's fucking not. That's not good. We, you know, we lost that game. We lost it legit. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has perhaps never looked more petulant 
than mm. this. But I think that's actually going to be a good thing because he's been kind of the golden boy and sure. this uh, humanizes him a little bit. Like you can kind of see in this the hyper-competitive psycho that you kind of get hints of, Yeah, you know? So I don't know if you remember after Kobe got arrested for rape. This oh, is obviously we're going not, here, are we? Okay. We're going to go right here. We're going to go right here. Get ready. Kobe was trying to present as like, I'm Kobe Bryant. I'm Kobe Bean Bryant. I'm a fun guy. And like, look at me. I like to play with Shaq. I'm just a nice like second banana. He gets arrested for rape. And they're like, hey, uh, Kobe, uh, yeah, you're kind of a psycho, aren't you? And he's like, the Mamba. And was able to kind of rebrand his shit. Mm-hmm. You know, he's able to rebrand it. Patrick Mahomes has been this guy that's you know, State Farm, kind of nice, likable. This, this is a weird connection because he ain't raping I'm just nobody. saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. If Patrick Mahomes goes on a rape spree, we know oh why. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. Yikes. I, I'm I, listen. I'm not comparing the two, but this they is just lost to the you, Bills. Lay off the guy. <laughs> but you start you start to see like yeah. We we always talk about how psychotic almost all of these professional athletes are. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know they're either dumb as shit and fun, like Rob Gronkowski and probably even Travis Kelsey. Those guys are stupid as shit, but they're like good time guys, mm-hmm. or they are hyper psychos like the Tom Brady's of the world who never hit it. You know, was always like, no, I'm going, I'm going to weep openly, and and I hate everyone around me, and I, you know, I'm an, I'm a, uh, I, we talk about it a little bit. It was uh, uh, morbidly, or no, not morbidly, um, malignant dissatisfaction. People that are just Ooh. never satisfied. Mm. Stuff like this, this shows the Patrick Mahomes that does exist. The Chiefs fans love, and that NFL fans are like, he's not the fucking nice guy. He's not the nice guy. He's he's going to whine. He's going to cry. He's going to point out, you know, sort of borderline holding calls in the Super Bowl because he just wants to fucking win. It doesn't matter how. He just wants to fucking win. Um, and, and I think this is an opportunity for him to maybe get a little darker edge in the public persona. Um, I think that's the way he's going to go. He's now a father of two, you know, so he's tired sure. of this shit. You know, he's, <laughs> he's not a happy-go-lucky fun guy anymore. He's a dad. It's time yeah. to go psycho, Patrick. All right, all right. So we see where, where Patrick Mahomes moves from here. But, yeah, he... I'm not endorsing a rape spree. That's, I well, want to make that clear. Okay, all right. Well, you, you keep bringing it up, and it's going to get more and more muddy. Um, but I think one thing that's interesting here is what you said. is that Kadiris Tony being such an idiot, and Patrick Mahomes finding a way to not blame him but blame the refs the whole time. Wild. Wild just um, disproportion. Not disproportionate, but mis misplacement uh, of anger there. <laughs> I thought, but anyways, um, where oh, this he absolutely should have. It should have been on Tony. It should have like, should have been on Tony. That's the thing, yeah. And that was, I think he just, you know, because he's his teammate, was like, I can't lose it on them, so I have to lose it on the refs for calling a correct call. How dare they? <laughs> so Whatever. have you ever seen that uh, that training thing where uh, they're teaching kids to eat? And it's, it's awful. I'm not encouraging this either. But it's a guy that has like a, a stuffed animal and he tries to feed oh, peas I think to the stuffed animal. And the stuffed animal says no. And then he beats the shit out of the stuffed animal. Yeah, and, and then, then offers the peas to the kid. And then he offers the peas. Yeah. And the kid's like, hum. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with Kadarius Tony, he's like, he gets to see psycho Patrick Mahomes. And then he's like, He's like, it's all focused on you. And Kadarius Tony's like, thank you. Please don't look at me. Please, yeah, God, I don't do I will be this. lining up, yeah, normally right. from now on. Yeah, take all a right. step back. 
Let's talk about Cowboys at Bills. This is the Thursday, uh, or excuse me, Sunday afternoon kickoff. Uh, the later afternoon here, Buffalo getting a later kickoff here for you Cowboys to visit. That's very nice of them. No, it's a big game. Uh, Cowboys at Bills. Um, even though I'm picking first, this one I already picked ahead of time, and I'm not taking your Cowboys because I know you will too, but I do believe that uh, as much as the Bills looked good here in Kansas City, they're not, they have not been all year long a consistent team. They haven't been able to put this out consistently. So will the Bills turn around and make the playoffs here? Maybe. But I'm not thinking that that was the fix-all, this win in Kansas City against a Chiefs team that has their flaws too. I think more or less it might have been their Super Bowl. So I think Dallas <laughs> is the better team and the Cowboys win. I mean, if I wasn't a Cowboys fan, I would be conscious of how much these Bills need this win. Sure. Need it at home. But if the Cowboys come in here to Orchard Park, against a desperate Bills team and beat them soundly, or even just beat them, I I think an 11-win Cowboys team, a, even a wild-card Cowboys team, you have to say they become one of the top three teams in the NFL moving forward. I mean, who would you put ahead of them? I mean, at that point, or would you put the Chiefs past the Cowboys? You could basically just say 49ers. I'd, I'd make the argument that that would turn the Cowboys into a top three team in the league. Yeah. Uh, putting together a win here on the road against a desperate Buffalo Bills. Of course, I'm picking it, but uh, <laughs> this is going to be tough. Oh, yeah, yeah, it should be a good game. And I think I'm saying maybe that's why it's a it's a later afternoon kickoff and not because the Cowboys always seem to get these for the eyes. Who knows? But <laughs> um, All right, let's spend some time with these Monday night games because I did not expect both of them to be as good as they were. We made the jokes that we would just turn to one and ignore it, but no, uh, they did not allow it to happen on Monday night. So first of all, Titans beat the Dolphins by a point, 28 to 27. We did not pick it. We didn't pick either of these games to go this no. way. Uh, Levis had a great game, 327 and a touchdown. He he wanted to show up in the primetime, and he did. Uh, Henry, two touchdowns. Got Ty J. Spears, the other rookie running or the other running back, the rookie going uh, with 118 total yards from scrimmage. Uh, he knew to throw it to Hopkins too. Hopkins had over 100 yards as well. And then the Titans D had five sacks. Landry with the most of them with three. Um, on the other side of the ball, the, the Dolphins, Mostert, did did his part, 100 total yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. Um, but the one thing that them, everybody's making big in this game, and before I pass it over to Dan, I'm gonna, I want to kind of make this thing for me because I've watched this game here a few times. Sure, uh, the Dolphins had the big old lead, 27-13, 434 left. No team's ever done it again, et cetera, et cetera. But the Titans had the lead at the half, had the lead heading into the fourth quarter. I mean, only by a field goal, but the Titans were always, – it always seemed like the Dolphins were playing catch-up until the Titans started handing them the game by that muffed punt and then that pitch back to uh, Henry that was fumbled. Those were the, the touchdowns that Mostert got, that got the Dolphins the lead, and then when the Titans were like, all right, let's stop shooting our own selves in the foot, it was super impressive that they didn't waste the timeouts, got out of bounds, did not waste a lot of time getting down the field as quick as they did, but it felt like they were always going to be able to do this that night when I was watching this game. So I wasn't 
surprised that the Titans came back and won it. I was, I was surprised they won it at all <laughs> when yeah, we started sure. the game until I saw the effort they were going to put out there. I will say we talked about how uh, Patrick Mahomes is kind of hiding what a psycho he is. Will Levis is just letting this freak flag fly. <laughs> that guy's a fucking see. nutcase. That guy is an absolute fucking lunatic. Yeah. And I don't know if you could have a better combination of quarterback and head coach than Mike Vrabel and Will Levis. Mm. They both one seems like a real calm, deep seated psycho, and the other one is just a mayo eating, fucking linebacker loving, <laughs> just country boy idiot in Will Levis. I think this is wonderful. I think the Titans have needed an exciting quarterback since Vince Young. You know, since Vince Young, they haven't really had a guy that was exciting. They finally got somebody exciting in Will Levis. Um, you know, you kind of feel bad for Malik Willis just sitting on the bench being like, all right, so that's that's a career then, huh? That's yeah. pretty much it. I All right. Good to know. Will Levis is absolutely the starter moving forward. No matter what happens in the next four games, I don't see him coming out um, no. You know, I you you ride this. I I think you can, as a Titans fan, be pretty satisfied with the way this season goes. If from this you get a team that looks like it's going to be competitive, and you look like you have a, might have a starter moving forward, a quality starter who takes risks, big arm, decent throws, hits like a linebacker, plays like a psycho. I I don't know how you could be unhappy as a Titans fan this year. Yeah, I mean. DeAndre Hopkins has only got so much time left to do this stuff that he's doing True. this year. But he builds stuff around Levis, absolutely. I, I think he could be uh, a future guy for you. I mean, he sure fits the part and everything else. Uh, he's he's a rah-rah guy, too. And so with more success, I think he's going to be obvious that he can be a leader and stuff for the team. So that makes a lot of sense. The Dolphins, on the other hand, you know, there's been a lot of uh, stuff on this December football uh, put in here. I think um, they, I think they thought that this was a uh, pushover game against the Titans at home, honestly. And um, when you don't have that that sun beating down on them and stuff like that, then um, the a spunky team can come in there and, and race them for it. And so the Dolphins, who have been playing to competition sometimes here, yeah, they they let the wrong team uh, stay in it in this game. So I'm not. Yeah. I'm not worried about them, but at the same time, I think they're going to do this in the playoffs too, unfortunately, for the yeah. Dolphins. They just they won't be ready to, to push off the, the, the probably the best guys, but they should be up there. They should be one of the teams, uh, given the talent that's around them. Tyreek Hill got hurt in this one, and when he does go to the sidelines, it does seem to like bring them down multiple yeah. pegs, which is weird because there's other super speedy guys on this team. Oh, yeah. Tyreek Hill's a cheat code, like you said. He absolutely is. I, you feel for the Dolphins kind of wilting in a situation like this. Oh yeah, because they are exciting, man. They're a lot of fun. You and want they them did to it be last year, <laughs> but this game, I didn't realize how much trap game energy it had uh, until you get into it. And you realize, like, oh, the Titans are here to play, and the Dolphins are here to just you know collect a paycheck and you know finish this team out. The Titans were not about that. The Titans were here to fuck shit up and and make a statement. So I think the Dolphins, this is a great opportunity for the Dolphins to lose a game like this and go, oh, right, you can't just yeah. go in with all of your talent against a team that is 
you know, not your equal. The Titans are not the equal of the Dolphins. The Dolphins are better. They're a better offense. They're a better defense. They're probably a better special teams. I think a wake-up call like this really helps you moving into the New York Jets next week, really helps you against the Dolphins. But, I mean, the rest of their – they kind of said, hey, we can take this game off because the rest of our season's pretty tough. It you is. Know, we got we got Cowboys, Ravens, Bills to end the season out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they. I think the Jets, if they – if they hadn't have, if they had won this game, I think the Jets might roll up on them this week. So, you know. We'll but talk. we're here. You're right. We're at this point. It's a good segue. Uh, I'm I'm thinking the Dolphins. It is a huge wake up call. And so this Jets team, who is a division rival, I don't see them getting that success with Zach Wilson two weeks in a row. The Dolphins will uh, make sure of it here and take care of business. The noon start against the Jets. I have the Dolphins winning. I think. If Tyreek's ankle is good, I think if Tyreek's ankle is good, it's it's Miami. If Tyreek doesn't play, I'm going to take the Jets. Okay. I will leave that as a uh, as a as a preface there. Um, I've got two conditionals this week. Conditionals, yeah, and I I'm going to allow that because we're heading to the a conditional that I want. <laughs> there you go. Uh, for this it's week, it's a negotiation. This the, is o- the only is game I haven't uh, yeah settled on that is Texans at Titans. This oh, is uh, the first nice. time these two teams have met this year. They've got another one still to come, but uh, Texans at Titans this year or this week means that the Titans are bringing back them uh, the, those Euler throwbacks just to rub it in their face. So I really <laughs> do want to take the Titans for that reason alone, but I don't know the health of C.J. Stroud. If C.J. Stroud is going to remain on that concussion protocol, then I will take those uh, Euler-wearing Titans. But if Stroud's going to get off it, if Stroud's going to play in this one in Tennessee – then I'll take Texans. So it's all on Stroud, whether or not Stroud plays, whether I take Titans or Texans. I'm actually, I'm, I'm not even going to meet that quality. Uh, you know, obviously I'm going to allow it. You've allowed me a decent amount of leeway. Okay. But I'm going to take the Texans regardless, because I think even a guy like Davis Mills, um, this Texans team is so much better than I thought. You know, Davis Mills is going to have a much better supporting cast. I know Tank Dell is out. I know that was evident that they didn't have a deep play threat. But I think you will see this Texans team respond pretty well, no matter who's in at quarterback. I'm going to take the Texans. Okay. Yeah, they uh, they had more injuries even in that one. I think Nico Collins missed half yeah. the game last week too, so we'll see if he comes back healthy and stuff. But, yeah, Stroud's still in concussion protocol. <sighs> Concussions have been a weird thing here. Most of the time you don't come back for them. So I might be yeah. going uh, those, those Titans here in this one, so we'll see. All right, um, yeah, a lot of these conditionals. We'll see where we're at when the <laughs> when the kickoff happens. Um, the other one on Monday night, the Giants beat the Packers twenty four to twenty two. Didn't pick this one either. This was the Tommy DeVito the show. Man, uh, did <laughs> Tommy Cutlets? Yeah, Tommy Cutlets, man. When we, when he was introduced and we made these jokes, I didn't think this many weeks later we'd still be doing them, or it would be this this prevalent um but and we're seeing his agent and all of his pinstripe but here we are um love had an okay game carlson kicked three or four field goals but i mean it was the giants with barkley and uh demaris robinson uh or not demaris what was his first name um wandale thank you wandale robinson packers were up at the half but only by a field goal um 
they got the touchdown late with Heath and a two-point conversion no good, but they take that one-point lead with a minute 33 left against this Giants team led by a Tommy DeVito. That should have been enough. Embarrassingly, it wasn't. Tommy Cutlets and then get him in field goal range to to win it. Um, the kick was from Bullock from 37 yards out. I think it's interesting that the the Giants were giving up so many sacks. They talked about this a lot in the game. And DeVito was just kind of standing there. He's like, I'm going to win from the pocket. Once he started getting out and getting some wiggle, you know, because the way the Packers rushed was like, all right, get the edges, collapse the edges. DeVito was finding open lanes. DeVito had over 70 rushing yards in this game. He was escaping, scrambles. Yeah. yeah, he had really great escapability, which was kind of surprising. Um, you know, you look at the stat line, I, I think – if he had been able to be hemmed in, if they had maybe collapsed some of those escape routes, I don't know if this game doesn't go the Packers' favor, but uh, it felt like they weren't ready for DeVito's escapability, and mm-hmm. that wound up you know, really drawing a couple of these drives a little longer than they wanted to be out there. Um, and, I mean, that was kind of what it what it became, is these any of these plays, uh, especially in the third quarter, they had a real long one. They had like a 13-play drive. And it just felt like that was a kind of a nail in the coffin for the the Packers defense. They they just couldn't get it going. Yeah, Packer, Packers um, defense was a disappointment because I, that that I thought was their strong suit. Their offense was oh, yeah. the thing that was having a hard time figuring out what they wanted to do to move the ball in this one. Uh, they certainly need if Aaron Jones is never going to be healthy, they need to go get some more running back stuff. Um, they they had the one touchdown with Jaden Reed untouched, and then they're, they're like, that was so much fun. Let's just keep trying that. And it never worked <laughs> again. They just kept doing these end arounds to him. Uh, and to his extent, I mean, he was one of the better wide receivers. He had eight catches. but Oh, sure. It was like, yeah, they, they're having a real hard time coming up with plays on offense for the Packers. But, um, yeah, so this one was a tough one because – it's another you were a six and six team in the NFC and this was a slip up, letting the Giants take that one. Um, the Giants go on the road. It, listen, three game win streak for the New York football Crazy. Giants. Three game win streak. Can they make it four in the Superdome? I'm still not picking them. No, I still don't think so. That doesn't mean they can't, but Dan, are you gonna pick them? Uh, listen, if the Giants were not in division and I didn't also hate them a lot, yeah, yeah. I might be more, you know, I'd be like, hey, you know what, let's take a shot here. But uh, yeah, You're trying to go win, Saints. though, you said. I, yeah, I know, but it's if it's a coin flip, I'm going to I'm gonna put a little bit of evil on it. So these Saints have not impressed me. The Giants have surprised me. But once again, it's a three-day run of surprise. And you got to give Brian Dable a lot of credit here. Yeah, you know, a three-game stretch. You know, this guy's fucking absolutely looking through the playbook of like, what can I do? What can I do? My quarterback won't throw for two hundred fucking yards. Let's see what we can make happen. Um, but I think the Saints team is better, especially offensively. I think Derek Carr is a little better than Tommy Cutlets, maybe not by a lot anymore, but uh, I think the Saints do have an edge here. There we are. All right, so you're with me on that one. Okay, to the NFC South we go. Where if you like chaos, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just fired the cannons into a whole bunch of chaos, you guys. So (laughs) because of the Saints win and the Buccaneers beating the Falcons 29-25 to on their home turf, we we thought, you know, Megatron's butthole would be enough. No, uh, every 
all three of these teams now, six and seven, sitting atop the NFC North. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers technically the first uh, uh, currently, but you know a lot a lot left to go here in these last four weeks. But Mayfield two touchdowns, and he ran one in. They got Rashad White going, and then Ritter over three hundred yards passing, which uh, is kind of impressive for Ritter. Yeah. Got London going for ten catches, one hundred seventy-two. Oh, but great. Uh, what what didn't work out was uh, yeah, Young Way Koo. Young Way Koo won for three. All of a sudden, he wasn't the uh, the guy they could count on, and uh, they needed that this game because uh, Tampa Bay wins it in a tight one. Yeah, a rare showing of the yips from Young Way Koo. Yeah. Um, yeah, a game like this, I feel like if they had not won this, the Buccaneers are basically out of the playoffs. Like I, I know that they've got four games left, and you very well might have a nine-loss team <laughs> make the playoffs. You honestly, if, yeah. if you look at the NFC South schedule, you might have a nine-loss team make the playoffs uh, in the NFC South. So they're not out of this by any stretch of the imagination. The fact they went from the tenth seed, you know, the tenth best record, to the fourth best, uh, to the f- number four seed, it's yeah, insane. Man. Seed, I have no yeah. idea what's going on in the AFC South in the NFC South. Yeah, it, things are getting nuts here. Uh, the Falcons, it's not going to get much easier. Three of their four games are on the road uh, to finish here, and they're not a very good road team. Uh, so we see what happens from there. Tampa, you know, yeah, it just felt like that, and I we should have picked it just assuming that, of course, because then everybody's going to be nice and even here for the end of this race. Um, it, it's a rough team, but one of these guys is going to have a home game. So it'll be a race to see which one of these three gets it. Um, the Falcons are going to Carolina on their first of those three of the four road games. This week it is Falcons at Panthers. So I feel like this is a good place for the Falcons to get right. These Panthers, no matter who the head coach is, no matter who's they're throwing up there, they just look inept, especially on offense. Um, long season for um, Bryce Young and... If it starts slow next year, too, it's going to be a long career. Uh, so I'm taking Falcons. Yeah, I just, man, I just can't take the Panthers at all, at all anymore. Yeah. They're just so bad. Yeah, I've got to go Falcons as well. If if you take a look at all these teams' final four games, I I think it is set up for a Saints run, mm. honestly. Because the Bucks schedule is tough. They got we'll talk about it. They got Packers, Jacksonville, Saints, Panthers. Talk about That's, it right now. Bucks at Packers. I'm taking Packers at home. Yeah. It's it's gonna be a tight game. They're two six and seven teams, but I'll take Packers. It's hard to pick a Florida team going to Green Bay, uh, yeah. winning in yeah. December. That's a good um, point. And Lafleur just lost his first December game ever. So That's right. Uh, I think he. I think he gets off the Schneid. I think he gets back onto a winning way and uh, and beats these Bucks at home. He's now slow at sixteen and one there. So all right. So we both have the uh, Packers in that one. Uh, yeah, it's not going to get easy for the Bucks. You're right. So we'll see. Um, but hey, it's the NFC South. Somebody's got to go. If so, if they do lose to the Packers and then they get Jacksonville the next week. If they beat the Saints and Panthers in the last two games of the season, which were very doable, the Buccaneers could get in as the NFC South champion at eight and nine. <laughs> okay, all right. It's not. Yeah, it's not completely unseen. So we'll see. 
Um, let's go all the way back to Thursday night. The Patriots upset the Steelers in Pittsburgh 21-18. to We didn't pick it. Bailey Zappi, three touchdowns, interception. Ezekiel Elliott uh, had a nice game here filling in um, for Ramondre Stevenson, who was hurt. And then on the other side, um, Trubisky got the start, and it was a rough one for him. Patriots were up at the half, 21-10. to the only second half points was a Steelers touchdown and a two point conversion after a blocked punt that got him down there. So, uh, the one fun thing about this game is like Dan says, the first half is a, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's scheme. scheme and you got two good coaches with two good schemes. The second half is talent. And I got two tin teams with not a lot of talent. <laughs> Pretty bereft. There it is. So, um, <laughs> Of this last two weeks, the Steelers have lost to the Cardinals and now the Patriots. Actually, excuse me, in one week, the Steelers have lost to those two teams. Oh, shit, that's true. Oh, my God. <laughs> A rough, rough week for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, dude, I mean, I don't know if there's a playoff team, right? And they are the sixth seed right now. Jesus. I don't know if there's a playoff team in a more precarious position than these Pittsburgh Steelers. And we've, we've been talking about it all year. Mike Tomlin is doing a hell of a job as a coach. Ben Roethlisberger, by the way, said some shit on his podcast where he's like, I think it's just bad coaching. Are you looking at the fucking talent? They've, they're wheeling out Mitch Trubisky, throwing a Deontay Johnson and George Pickens who don't want to be there. Now, you could say the wide receivers, that's a coaching issue. But wide receivers have been nuts in Pittsburgh since time immemorial. <laughs> So <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like can't a say normal like thing. So yeah, Ben Roethlisberger is just an old shithead, you know. But Mike Tomlin won you a Super Bowl, dude. At no point, at no point on any of his successful teams was Ben Roethlisberger even a top ten most talented player on his team. I will fight you on that. <laughs> at no point was he even a top ten most talented player on any of the teams he won a Super Bowl for. So, anyways, that's all we really have to spend on this game. Really shit on was, It was a week ago, and these these teams aren't going anywhere, even if they the Steelers, you know, limp into the playoffs. Um, I think they, you know, he just wants his winning record. He wants that nine and eight uh, for Tomlin. Uh, they are going to the Colts. That's the Saturday afternoon kickoff. So after the Vikings Bengals game, a three thirty Central Standard Steelers at Colts. Uh, I. Well, since it's still Trubisky, I'm going to go Colts with this one uh, in Indy. I have to go Colts. Uh, I know this is a battle of backups, a lot of backup quarterbacks this year, but uh, yeah, I've liked I've liked Indy. I still think Jonathan Taylor is doubtful. I think if Taylor was in this game, I'm I'm feeling much more confident. Mm. But I I really do feel like they're going to wind up winning this thing. Yeah, Steelers offense, you know, maybe it wasn't Matt Canada. Um, and then the Chiefs going to the Patriots. I think the Chiefs can get off uh, their little issues here against a super bad Patriots team that just wants a early draft pick to get their next QB. Yeah. God, these fucking Patriots are terrible, dude. Really yeah, bad. I just, yeah, I just cannot pick the Patriots like fucking ever. And so I won't. <laughs> so you won't. And then finally, one more game here to wrap up the week. The Broncos beat the Chargers 24-7. to Here's one I got on Dan. Uh, Russell Wilson, two touchdowns, interception. Broncos defense, six sacks. Listen, Herbert, though, an interception in this game. And then he goes out, fractured his finger. That is it for Herbert, Justin Herbert, for the 2023 season. Uh, it is going to be Easton stick time. 
Eckler had 100 total yards from scrimmage, but this game was already 10 nothing Broncos at the half, and they just really didn't let the Chargers in this one. It uh, it has been time for Brandon Staley to go for a while now. Yeah, dead man I think, walking. Yeah, it's a dead man walking. I think this also allows for the team to just kind of go, okay, you know, it, not your fault, not completely your fault, but also your fault. Please leave. <laughs> Please get the fuck out. Um, yeah, I just this has been an underperforming Chargers team for the entire time the Chargers have existed. So <laughs> that's kind of tough as well. As like as a Chargers fan, what history of success do you have? Mm. You know, to go like no, you know things have been things have been worse. Things have been this way. This is it has been <laughs> this way since Dan Fouts. You know, this is just who they are as a franchise. Ugh. It sucks. You feel like Justin Herbert signing that long-term contract. It's like, you know, four years into this thing, they're going to trade him, and he's going to pull a Matt Stafford. It it feels like Justin Herbert is going the direction of Matt Stafford. You know, you need to get him a quality coach. You need to get him. He's got weapons. You just need quality coaching, you know? Yeah. And so now the Chargers are 5-8, and eight, tied with the Raiders at the bottom of the division, and the Broncos are just a game out of first place. What? A game out of first place? Oh, my God. What? A game out of first place of the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos now. So don't blink, everybody. Things could change here. It's so Everything is so very even in the NFL this year. But Denver Broncos, yeah, have found themselves really turned this season around. It's a, it's a surprise to a lot of people. Can they keep it going? I'm going to lead into the final two picks here for Week 15. Saturday night's kickoff is the Denver Broncos going to Detroit to play the Lions. That sounds like a fun one. I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take Suddenly the Lions. Fun. I'm going to take the Lions because I I believe it would help me if the Broncos won. So I don't think I'll get no help. It doesn't usually happen to Vikings fans late in the season. So I think the Lions win this one. I think the Lions win this one as well. But as much as we've shit on the Broncos... Their last three games are a fucking cakewalk. Okay. After yep. this, after they lose to the Lions, which we're predicting, <laughs> they have the Patriots, the Chargers, and the Vegas Raiders. Mm. There is a distinct possibility this formerly joke, uh, this year, joke team this gets year. 10 wins. Yeah. At week five, this team was like, "Hey, this might these guys might be picking Gave up two, seventy three. points to the Dolphins." Good. Yeah, good lord, this team might be a ten-win playoff team. That's crazy. And then uh, let's finish this episode where we will start off the week Thursday night football. The Chargers are going to Vegas to play the Raiders. It's Chargers at Raiders. Um, since it is an Eastern stick game, I'm going to be taking the Raiders who were just shut out there. Uh, and now a short week, but yeah, I'll take the Raiders to beat the Chargers. Yeah. I, I, I got the Chargers so bad. Mm. They're just so fucking bad. I got to take the Raiders too, man. I, I don't feel good about it. I don't feel like this is going to be a real good game or fun to watch, but it's divisional. And I, I trust the Raiders have their coaches back more than the Chargers do. Yeah, that's a good point, too, yeah, at this point. Okay, let's wrap up the show, you guys. Thanks so much. Uh, we had some fun with this one because it was a it was a winning episode for us. So a W is a W, no matter what. Um, picks from last week. I was at 124 with Dan at 121. Since he caught up on me, 
you know, he got to sit there in that Sunday night one, just watch his Cowboys collect that for him. <laughs> <coughs> you are now at 128, Dan. I'm just barely ahead of you at 129. It is a one-point lead for myself with uh, a few games different this week. So here we'll see how it ends. Um, I got, I'm not playing I, conservative, man. I'm not playing conservative. No, I mean, no, but you're playing smart. So that's uh, that's True. tough in self. <laughs> here we go. Um, all right, but yeah, guys, thanks so much for joining another episode of the Push Off Podcast. We hope to have um, you know another happy one for you next week, where we're all uh, smiles and stuff after some wins. But uh, if not, we do have three game, you know, uh, four separate days of football here this week with the Saturdays now joining on. So plenty of games to sit in front of the TV on here for this weekend, uh, you know, while, uh, while the family does all the Christmas shopping. So enjoy. <laughs> all right. Um, I only got one crazy stat, Dan, because I, you know, want you to enjoy your, uh, your little, uh, 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 celebration here this week. The Cowboys are now leading the NFL in point differential by nearly two touchdowns. Oh boy. I love it. I'm absolutely drinking the Kool-Aid this year. Uh-oh. It's just it, it makes the heartbreak so that much that much more hurtful when they happen. But uh, hey, good luck to you. That's what I got. That's what we got for the Push Off Podcast this week, you guys. I appreciate you sticking around uh, for it this week and get, getting it here. And we'll be back next week when uh, the playoff picture gets even clearer or even more murkier. But you know, we'll be there to discuss it. So thanks so much. Uh, but before we leave, Dan, parting words of wisdom. I don't think you could look at a game in the United States, like hockey, basketball, and baseball, all the major sports. You almost always have two or three favorites, and you go, oh, those guys are definitely going to win the championship. Two or three of those teams, they're always going to win the championship. There is a legitimate chance (laughs) that over half the league, over half the NFL, has an actual chance to win the Super Bowl this year. Almost no one is running away with it. This is one of the more balanced years of football I can remember. Barring a four-game collapse where things absolutely shake out and you know get crazy and get lopsided, this is one of the more competitive years of football I can remember. Um, I, dude, every week the NFL gives us reasons to hate the NFL and then puts together a slate of games that gives us a reason to love and believe in this in this league and in this game. I love it. Four more weeks, buddy. Four more yeah. weeks. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, I'm going to enjoy the Saturday games and enjoy all that. Yeah, sure they put 7 at noon and 3 at the 3 o'clock, <laughs> whatever hour, but the scheduling's hey, not amazing, but the games are good. The games are good. The games are good. So, we're going to enjoy them and we hope you guys do too and then Return right back here next week where we'll discuss. Thanks so much for joining us this one. I am Scott. And this is Dan. Kick off just right around the corner. Enjoy it. Goodbye.